middle of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! Hey guys, welcome to the show. We are here with former IFBB, former bodybuilder, uh, Chris Cook. Chris, awesome to see you. Um, fortunately for me, Chris is one of my students now and trains here at Next Generation MMA. And uh, I figured it'd be an awesome opportunity to get him on here. We had a few conversations recently um, about his career before this. And uh, I just thought it'd be an awesome opportunity to get him on here for this. So here we are. Thanks for having me. Let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning, um, or at least you know early on, pre-high school. You started wrestling pretty early. Did you wrestle before high school or not till high school? No, yeah. No, I started wrestling actually uh, for the boys club uh, early days. And uh, so really around like 12 years old. Okay. Um, actually earlier than that, probably around 10 years old is formally when it got started. And then, um, yeah, I picked up in junior high. Where was that? At In Colorado Springs, Widefield at okay. Watson Junior High. Yeah. Awesome. And then wrestled through high school? I did. Yeah, well, until my senior year, and um, and I didn't my senior year because I I got so fed up with pulling weight <laughs> that uh, that I came in. I came in at like probably you know seventy or so, and he he wanted me to pull to like forty two, oh, and wow. I'm like, no, <laughs> like I'm just tired of doing that, you know. And and uh, and he said, well, if you're not gonna do that, you need to, you're gonna be off the team. I said, all right, and I, I walked out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, one of the most disciplined sports, you know, it, it, that there are. And and uh, again, in fighting, it's the same way. And and in bodybuilding, there's you're there you're there again. I started bodybuilding at 17, and then went from directly from bodybuilding right into to mixed martial arts as well. Um, lower level on one than you, a little bit higher on the other than <laughs> yeah, you. Certainly. But but we have the same kind of you know background as far as that goes. So. Um, through high school, you know, how, how to go wrestling in high school? So the early, early career was, I was one of these kids. It was, uh, so, you know, like these kids seem to have these different trajectories, right? Where you have these kids that have really steep beginning of the right. curve and then they'll kind of level out and then maybe even begin to decline as the other kids mature. Right. right. And I was one of those kids. So junior high I was, I was, I actually, never lost a match uh, through junior high. Um, well, I lost one match um, when, I was, when I was wrestling in the finals. Uh, I did something aw kind of odd to my knee, so I lost my points by that match. Um, and then when I, got, when I moved for 10th grade to Oklahoma City, um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a massive transition. One, sure. going to high school. Two, um, going to Oklahoma. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was like... That's it was a whole like different a, world of wrestling. <laughs> it, it it was yeah for in in every aspect first of all for example in the summer that i went there before the year started i uh, got into the wrestling program and it was a, it was a freestyle wrestling program oh okay. and i had never done i'd never I didn't know anything about freestyle so that i spent that whole summer getting my my butt kind of handed to me which was a very uh kind of a mental twerk for sure. me you know um and so then as i started cruising into the the regular season it was probably you know, uh, you know, a little better than 500 type season. Yeah. Um, and because uh, when I lost my first match, then uh, I had to do a little bit of mental therapy for the next couple of months <laughs> to figure out like 
why I suck. Right. Of course. Um, it's, it's just an odd thing, you know. Like I'd never experienced that before, and so uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was an okay career. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't breaking breaking any records. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely it's a sport that I tell people I, I typically don't even let new kids unless they show up here for wrestling. I typically don't let them try wrestling first. Yeah. Because that might be the last class they ever try. Yeah. So I make them do jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, you know, and then they can try wrestling. That way, if they don't like it, they they know they like the other two, you know, and then continue training. But wrestling is just a different sport. Yeah. Right? There's a mental toughness there. Yeah. It's and it's not it's not just the physicality piece, right? It's it's the eating discipline, um, yeah. and then of course you know you have all the other elements of competing and the, the nervousness, and and then because it's such a one-on-one -on -one sport, yeah, that fear of losing to another person right yeah. i mean directly that's the that's the difference between that and most other sports is you're basically one one-on-one -on -one with another guy going to battle the crowd sitting there watching you you know and and that's it it's just you two out there you know so it's uh it's definitely you're exposed yeah 100 very much 100%. You're, you're either you're either good or you're not or or perceptively right, right. yeah it's it's it can be it can be very nerve-wracking for sure. Yeah. So from high school wrestling, where'd you go from there? So um, in high school, I also played football. Okay. And um, and then I I got into swimming. It was an odd thing when I was in ninth grade. I I was because uh, in Colorado Springs, um, the uh, I went to junior high. So ninth grade was part of junior high, and tenth grade was at the high oh, school. Yeah. And so, uh, even though I was, I was actually doing some training with the high school on the wrestling side, but I couldn't let her because I wasn't, I wasn't competing with them. Um, someone said, "Hey, man, you want to join the swim team?" And it was at the end of the year of ninth grade, and I didn't have any off-season football, so it was an awesome opportunity. So I did it, and I took, just had this knack for it, and yeah. actually, I actually love swimming. Yeah, swimming is an amazing sport. Yeah. So I, I, that was probably my most gifted sport. So I, I ended up doing that all the way through school as well, okay. and uh, actually ended up earning a few scholarships in swimming, um, but none of them were sexy, right? They were all to <laughs> Division two schools, right? And um, and I wanted to be a football player, so I ended up not, uh, not taking advantage of that. Yeah. All so right. right, right out of high school, I ended up, uh, I ended up. I wanted I wanted to go to the University of Colorado. Ever since I was a kid, the Buffs were always, you know, like the place to go. Right. And um, and so I went, the plan was to move back to Colorado Springs. So I, I left high school about a week after I graduated. Went back to Colorado Springs and and uh, lived with my uncle, um, working three jobs trying to save up some money to to go to the University of Colorado. And, and you know, it's one of those things like. Yeah. Every few months, your truck breaks down or yeah. whatever happens, and you you can never save up any money. So I never college isn't cheap. Yeah, so I joined the Air Force. Sweet, Just got the hell out of there. Oh, okay, so right out of high school. Yeah, pretty or much eight months day. after. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, where'd you go there? Where'd you go? How long were you in the Air Force for one? So yeah, I joined for four years. Went in uh, in uh, January or February of '95, and. Um, and uh, of course, went through basic training, all that stuff, and ended up in stationed in Alaska, of all places. And I ended up being a C-130 mechanic, which was super cool. I was one of these. Cool. I was one of these guys in high school. Like, I built my cars, and you know, I didn't have any money, so I, everything. You know, if, if I wanted a car, I'd have to buy a junky one and built, you know, work on it. Right. So I was. I had this kind of like, you know, aptitude for mechanics, and and so I ended up being a 
engine mechanic on C-130s. In Anchorage, Alaska? Anchorage, Alaska. So that explains some of your results on some of your bodybuilding that's tournaments right. were in Anchorage, yeah. Alaska. Yeah, that's right. And, it, and you know, you lift, did you start lifting in the Air Force? Yeah, well, I started lifting in high school because it was like, it was, the problem was, so I played defensive end, right? And I played strong side defensive end, kind of, you know, you know, rotate between like a traditional position and a rover type position. And uh, in high school, I did pretty well with it. I was, I was quick and I could hit hard. Um, and so I could, I could manage, I could, I could manage that position pretty well. But the problem in college, a defensive end is going to be, you know, six, four, two twenty, whereas I was five ten, you know, one seventy, one eighty, right. Built like a defensive back, but slow. Right. Right. So I wasn't going to be a defensive back. So, um, you know, being pissed off about that size situation, I just started <laughs> The three months. At, Watch this. Yeah, that's right. No, seriously, I did three months left in high school for the first time. Don't have any off-season football. I'm done with swimming, so I started hitting the weights. I put on about 20 pounds before the end of before I graduated. Actually, my body just just started taking to it. So that's really where it started. Uh, not with necessarily a focus of like competing, right? But I just wanted to be a bigger guy, and uh, and that's when I, you know kind of you start to fall in love with that pump, right? Oh yeah. So you start doing push-ups before you go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, did you compete? Were you able to compete in bodybuilding while you're in the Air Force, or not until you? Yeah, oh, yeah. You were. So, okay. so fast forward, you know. So I'm in the Air Force for about a year, and uh, I start going to this local gym there, World Gym, actually. And um, you know, I'm I'm reading magazines and and trying to figure figure out how to get myself bigger. Um, not necessarily for the purpose of competing, but just be bigger and right. pick up girls, really, yeah. right? <laughs> so I shaved my body. And, uh, and I'm, like, tanning, and I'm trying to, like, you know, get that look. And, and, and I, I, you know, working out at the gym all the time, this guy named Larry Irvine, who actually just passed about two or three weeks ago, um, bless his soul. But uh, he walks up to me, and he's, like, this bald-headed, kind of, like, just rough-looking, biker-looking dude, right? But, but, but big, right he's like you know what are you doing shaving your body you're trying to do it you're trying to want to compete or something right and i'm like no dude i just read that if i shave my body i'll be more defined and i could you know pick up girls yeah <laughs> and uh yeah and and uh and he's like well he's like i've been watching you around here you know and you got some like good structure if you want to do a show there's one coming up called mr anchorage i'll train you for the show train you for free right do your diet and stuff all you got to do is you got to tell everybody i train you i'm like okay so that day he wrote down for me like all right this is what i want you to eat tomorrow so I'd, i would i would eat that and i'd write it on a log and i'd bring it in every day i'd report to him and show him what i ate and uh and then he'd give me the next day assignment and i'd see him every day we'd, and we went all the way to the show and i'd end up winning mr anchorage how was that it was it was I was high, man, on life, dude. It was amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, but it also was like, you know, all right, well, I'm not going to be a professional football player, right? right. That's gone. And, like, you know, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So, like, maybe I could be a pro athlete or right. a pro professional bodybuilder. So, I'm like, I literally was just like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. And that was it. I How mean, big were you at the time? So, I won it, weighed in at 186. Okay. You know, I mean, that was like show 
right. uh, day of the show, right? right? So like off season weight, probably like two oh five, you know, not not huge yet. Yeah. Just just defined and and good structure. Um, you know, I was blessed with like real big legs, right? So those and, and you know, if you're looking at a prospectively future guy, you know, uh, if you have big legs. It's a it's a nice. If you don't forward. have them, they're hard to get. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So so I had that and and wide shoulders, not a lot of muscle on my upper body yet, but so yeah. So I just from there we, I just, just jumped in and, uh, yeah, went for it. So everyone I've talked to that knew you in the past when you were bodybuilding, everything I've read about you, everything I've seen back when I was looking besides the giant legs were your delts like giant delts you know i I think they did a flex magazine spread on your on you you know working delts yeah and uh that was you know one of your also standout body parts which with with uh aesthetics and physique goes with legs right like it's going to give you that hourglass shape exactly and that's where yeah yeah the other thing that makes your, your your shoulders look really wide is 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 to keep it really your hair really short, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, like the smaller your head, the more the bigger your neck looks, and the and the wider your shoulders, the yeah. wider your shoulders look. And so, uh, but yeah, no, you're you're right. There's like there's a structure, like you know, just genetically, you can't do anything to you know to fix this. But like the length of your clavicle determines like how your shoulders will kind of be shaped and then of course the musculature on top of that hopefully they're shaped nice with a nice round full look right and um yeah because of that i mean i was when you have a long clavicles like that for example like doing a bench press i mean i was probably you know 225 before i could bench 225 like oh, wow. yeah like all these guys i trained with early days that were super strong in the bench and i was just like me i just could <laughs> i couldn't but put me on the vertical press and I could do like, you know, 250, 260 for reps before I could even do 225 on the flat bench. That's it was funny. just the most odd thing, right? But yeah, me, those, those big shoulders. So from that first tournament, how long before you competed again? Were you in it at that point? Yeah, so I jumped in um, and did, uh, so that was October of 96. And then I did um, Mr. Alaska would have been March of 98, uh, 97. I ended up not competing. My, my, my dad died that year. And, uh, and so that, you know, and then I went through all kinds of volatility with the relationships and stuff. And so I, I, was, I was just, uh, you know, not able to, to whenever I get emotionally invested in things it really messes with my stomach and so i couldn't i couldn't uh, i couldn't eat and so if you can't eat you can't grow yeah and so 97 was a kind of a scratch year for me and then uh when i finally got my head right then 98 i came back and, and that's when i when i let me think about it actually let me back up in 97 early 97 before my dad died um i actually went and did uh I went and did the Emerald Cup, the junior division Emerald Cup, and I took second there. Okay. Yeah, that's Emerald Cup is in Seattle, and then um, and then all that stuff happened. And I came back and I won Mr. Alaska, the heavyweight division, but not the overall in '98 or '99. I 
can't remember. March of 98 when you when you did the, or whatever it was you said you did, just to give you a timeline, March of 98 when I made my UFC debut. Oh, really? So, yeah. Wow. That's how long I was Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're tracking, we're tracking pretty parallel there. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Yeah, March 13th, and then I opened my first gym of April 1st, you know, three weeks later. Uh, when I got home, I took the Monday that I made and, and opened my first gym. Best um, investment you ever made. For sure. Yeah. For like six months, and then I was back in my garage again because I didn't have any business oh, it fell sense apart. whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> uh, it ended up being me and three of my buddies, and we just all got really, really good. You know, I opened as a blue belt, and uh, it was just I, I was able to build training partners for my career, but that was, you know, I, I jumped in and, and went for it, ended up back in my garage and kind of built everything from there. But. Yeah, but you know what? That's freaking awesome story because you know instead of like everybody else who's taken that i don't know what you got paid but five grand or something who probably felt like a million bucks at the yeah. time i don't know you know it, it was eight grand but it was there it, is. it was a tournament yeah there you know, go. i fought multiple times right, in one like night and i fought fight. pat militish the third time oh, so it was God, like <laughs> dude. yeah you know it, you earned that eight thousand dollars but yeah. you know like you didn't turn around and just you know throw it a while away on partying and, and letting loose like you, you tried to invest it and i mean think that's uh you know that's a theme in my life, and I, 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 I admire that kind of, uh, that the willingness to do that, right? Yeah. Even though, even though it didn't work out, it, it probably it planted but 100 it seeds down the road, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All right, so uh, moving forward, uh, you're, you're continuing to com uh, compete in bodybuilding and, and started, you got pretty to, to a high level early on. Like it didn't yeah. take you very long yeah. uh, to start competing at you know, a, a pretty high yeah. level. Yeah, it, it was fast. In fact, now that I look back, like, you know, I think, you know, um, the wiser thing would have would have been to pull back a little bit and, and let my body mature. And But I was always so anxious to to get there. Um, um, you know, that's a young man thing, right? Yeah. And uh, you have to kind of get beat up a little bit. But but you're right. I came up those ranks very quickly. I. Um, in fact, the first time I went to the Nationals, which was in 2000, and uh, that... NBC Nationals? NBC oh. Nationals. This was, and it was in New York City. And everybody told me, you know, in California, they're like, you know, because by this time I had moved down to California, and, and the guy who was training me, a guy named Hani Rambod, who now owns Evagen, and, you know, he, he trained Phil Heath, and many, I mean, the guy's got like 20 Olympia, you know, wow. athletes that he's trained over the years, and... Um, you know, he was just like, dude, you're not ready for nationals. And I'm like, no, no, dude, I'm going to crush this because I think I just won the Sacramento or something. And, and he's like, you don't understand. You're going to go there and like, even though you're, you're, you know, you're a nice, healthy 216, you know, the, you're going to be competing against guys that, that are big, mature 230, you know. Right. And, uh, and he was right. I didn't make the top 15. At what levels? Is it just at pro? I don't remember. At what level does it stop being weight classes and it's just so when I was pro, together? Yeah. When I was pro, it was all one division. Yeah. And then. Uh, so that's how it was when I was coming. I, yeah, I wasn't right. pro, but following yeah, all that's the guys. Why I had Lee Priest sitting next to, you know. Lee Lebrana yeah, and Lee Haney. You yeah. You know, yeah. they stood side by right. side. And, right. And. Uh, Two, are there are there weight classes now? Yeah, there are. Oh, so okay. you have a two twenty five division. Okay. And um, and and which I you know I think ultimately that's that's probably a, a good decision as you you know you have more than one Olympia Mr. Olympia. Yeah, that's what I was to say. So there's more than one Mr. That's Olympia. That's right. Now. You know, and but but you know I mean gosh like 
these guys, you know, I mean, I think Lee Priest is probably one of the one of the the guys, or or or, or Sean Ray's of the world, yeah. right? Who came in absolutely dialed yeah. every year, just looked phenomenal. But you know, when you're standing against a guy that's five ten, five eleven, that's nearly three hundred pounds, like the Ronnie Coleman's of the world, or you know, Dorian Yates. Yeah, exactly. That's who Sean was. You know, Dorian and, and Lee Haney was right. who those guys were. Yeah. The, it's probably good also because if you think back, there were a couple, probably four guys I can think of that went on runs that lasted a decade, almost a decade, oh, yeah. you know, when yeah. other other guys weren't winning. Like, I know Lee Haney won seven times, I think. Um, uh, um, Dorian Yates, I don't remember. Six. Six times. Yep. And then how many times did Coleman win? Eight. Eight times. That's right. Cutler so he, win a he, few times. He tied Cutler. Well, he won ultimately, I think, four times, but not consecutively. Okay. But uh, and then and then after after Cutler, then came um, Phil Heath, and Phil Heath won, I believe. Gosh, man, I should know this. I know, but seven or eight times. Yeah, I mean, as that's well. we're we're talking about thirty years with right. five guys. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I mean, you know, like I think, you know, it's very similar in MMA in the sense of like. Um, you know, you have guys that are fucking amazing. The guy. But then you have the guy. Right. Like you're saying, like, and, and, and there's this odd gap that exists between that yeah. human being and then everybody else. Now in MMA, it's a sh much shorter time frame because the life of that is because, you yeah. know, you just keep, your body can only handle so much of a beating. Whereas bodybuilding, it's it's longer sustainability, right. um, and it's so depicted on genetic disposition, yeah. right? I mean, look, yeah, you can train your ass off. I mean, Ronnie Coleman had a work ethic like no no other, but the guy did have this like DNA that was different. Right. There, there's nobody been in the sport like that before him or after him. Right. You know, um, and 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 it, it's very difficult to to dethrone unless they try to hang on too long which ronnie i think probably ultimately did his body just began to break down yeah you know so, so what year did you do the usa the first time so yeah that, so so 2000 get wrecked right and i and i literally told so you know honey who was my nutritionist and trainer i'm like and, and my wife i'm like all right i'm never getting on stage again until i can win the nationals right and they're like Okay, well, that's a long time, right? And I'm like, not as long as you think, you yeah. know. So, uh, in 2000, and so I didn't get back on stage until 2002, and I did. Uh, let's see, what did I do? I did. I think I did like the Sacramento or something, and then I did not the Sacramento. I did. I did the Cal, and I did. I did one other show. Um, and, and I, and I ended up taking third because I, I messed up on some things last minute. There was like my structure, my muscularity was all there. <laughs> this is what it. I thought was, I, I wanted to hear this story because you got third at the Cal and you won the USA. The next that typically doesn't happen. Exactly. Well, I should have won the Cal, right? But I got beat by, um, Omar Deckard and a guy named Jerome Ferguson. And both these guys, I mean, were much older than me right so they had this maturity and density yes. about their body and and there's just that's one thing about bodybuilding you can't replace is right. time right it's like this old grainy look that you and your skin gets thinner 
you know, we call it dick skin, right? Yeah. Like when your body's all covered <laughs> with dick skin, that's when you just look phenomenal, right? And, um, you know, like, then that's what these guys were beginning to get, where I was, I was just way too young. My skin was too thick, and no matter how much you diet, you're not right. going to look quite like that. But from a shape and muscularity perspective, it was there. It was like, and even the judges were like, here, like, look, can you, you know, you don't don't let it discourage you too much because you're you're close. You just we got to You got to get mature. The next big thing. Yeah, that's what well, everyone calls you. The next big thing. And that's what you know. What, that's why I moved to LA. And in 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 2000, after I'd won the Sacramento, and then even though I didn't make the top 15 in nationals, I finally started getting magazine work. You know, I started getting. You know, there were there there was interest in in and photographers and stuff like that. So I found my wife and I, who was a girlfriend at the time, found ourselves going to LA every weekend for photo shoots. And I finally did a Max Muscle uh, photo shoot oh, and nice. they put me on the cover of it, right? And that, you know, like, now I look at it, I was like, oh my God, right? It's like, it, but it was a big deal then, sure. you know? And then Muscle Mag did this big spread. And uh, so that became the catalyst of saying, okay, we gotta get to LA and we gotta, we gotta give this a shot. And, um, and uh, part of the catalyst of that was in 2001, 9-11 hit, and I was in the, air, the aviation industry, and I got laid off. Uh, so I had no job, right? And um, my wife and I just moved in together, and you know I had a whole savings of like 2,500 bucks. <laughs> now I'm not, I had no job, and I took her like a week trying to find a job, and then I finally came home after you know going out and interviewing and stuff, and I said, look, We've been going, we're going to LA every weekend. I got to go to LA. So I left her with every dollar I had to try to like cover the, the rent of the apartment. And I went to LA and I, and I lived in my truck. Um, I, you know, I ended up getting some help from this guy named Ed Connors for a little while, but, but for the majority of that period, I lived in my car. Um, and with that, um, took me about a week to find a job, a couple of pay cycles to get some cash before I could get an apartment. But it was, I just threw myself 100%. You know, you hear these stories about these guys who would live in their van behind Gold's Gym Venice, right? Oh, yeah. And that was a real story for me. And it was a little bit different in the sense of I had a credit card and I had a truck. So I, I lived in my truck and I slept in McDonald's parking lot on, on uh, Lincoln Boulevard between Washington and Venice. Um, and I ate McDonald's five times a day on that credit card. I could, for $3.20, I could get two cheeseburgers, a fry, two cookies, and a lemonade. And that's what I ate for like, you know, six weeks. How was that for your physique? Hey, it was calories. <laughs> it and was. at the time, that's all like, so as long as I can get the calories in, then, you know. You can burn it. Then I can be. Put it in the right places. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, gosh, man. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, and then, you know, after I moved there, then we did the Cal, you know, third place, I would consider getting my ass kicked. And so I'm like, just head down, focus. Next time I compete, I'm winning, I'm winning the nationals. So I went 2003 and the whole time I'm getting ready. Everyone's How, telling was me. the time frame between the Cal and the nationals? Uh, let's see. The Cal was not the same year, 2002, maybe I think it was 2002. And then the, the July of 03 was the USA. Okay. And so it was a year. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, I know I have this structure. I've got to just continue to, to, to get bigger. 
and 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 then get that diet right right and so we did it and I just trained like a like a mad human being you know and 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 that's the other thing too man it's like i think you know you would understand this with your training right like you know you have this group of people who want to call themselves bodybuilders right yeah you see them in the gym every day they're eating their protein powder they're taking all the shit right but they're also at the club on Saturday. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're living a, a much more fruitful life than, and I, and I had none of that, right? That, that was, I was, I was the exact opposite. I didn't do shit, right? And uh, because I was going to be the There's best. There's people in the world. that call themselves fighters, also. That, that's right. That's right. That's the parallel I'm drawing, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, very much so. Yeah, I mean, and because everybody wants to be a cool ass uh, fighter, oh, right? Yeah. Like, dude, you fight, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and you know, you can verify that you see them here, right? Oh, right? yeah, you know, they come in the front door every day, <laughs> exactly. So it, they're not, they're not exactly lying, but right. Uh, so yeah, and then so yeah, we focused in, and and uh, and I and I, Dave Palumbo took second to me in 2003, and um, and I won the super heavyweight division, weighed in at 246 and um wasn't the tightest and 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 that's i i i have a history of like not being super shredded right but nonetheless it was good enough to get the weight class done but i but i lost the overall okay so i didn't turn pro so i had okay that's what i was going to ask you when you win the usa that's a pro card right but you have to Houston. win the overall so or is it back none? then it was it was only it used to be only one person got their pro card and that was the overall winner that was it. okay then around either 2002 or 2003 around when i when i did that first uh usa they began giving two pro cards so overall and then runner up and um and i missed i missed i won my class but didn't get the overall or the runner up okay and um in 03 and of course was devastated right just um but I also won it at the same time. So right. it was interesting um, because I won that show, I ended up signing my first pretty significant endorsement. Wheeler deal? It was, a, but it was a dual deal. It was, and I was the first amateur to, to get this deal where you did an exclusive publication deal with Weeder, but then I had a supplement deal with MRM. Okay. And MRM had been sponsoring me for a few years before that. So it was great because I could, oops, sorry, I could keep I could keep along with those guys and they were, you know, stay loyal to them, right. but get to increase their brand as well as my brand with this new uh, flex deal, right. you know, or, or um, weeder deal, right. right? And and of course, winning the USA, then then I, that's when all the covers started, started ramping up and I just started getting a ton of popularity. And, you know, those, those, those are the articles about the, you know, the next big thing, right? right? Which is a blessing and a curse, in, yeah, you know, sure. especially for a mental dude like me, you know, like, like that really gets in at, at, at the time. Now you have to be the next, best now thing, you have to be, yeah, yeah, you know? And, uh, and so if you come up short, like, you know, like you, you you're shitty, you, yeah. you suck. Yeah. Right. And, and so then I fast forward to 04 USA show up and I'm like, I'm going to win this thing right and i lose again i win i win my class and lose the damn overall again 
and so just where it, where it, just not tight enough yeah. again i mean i the same issues the same issues and um <laughs> and uh just devastated man just like oh my god and so you know you, now you're in this position where the judges you know like the you know they talk to you sure right and they're like look you know and i remember jim Mannion specifically saying to me this to me and, and steve weinberger you know these are the, probably the, the two like most influential guys yeah, i remember Mannion from yeah exactly ago. and he's like look kid you know because I, so I i called him up and i said look i think maybe i need to do the nationals right instead of waiting another whole year right and he says you can show up but if you don't win it chris you're going to the back of the pack bro yeah. like i'm gonna fuck you up right and i'm just like oh my god so i ended up actually leaving honey rambod as my trainer and and and, and it, it's kind of there's a lot to that he and i were really really close uh this was early in his career as well and from a personality perspective um you know um because we kind of grew up together i didn't respect him ah, got it and so it's all on me and 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 so i bailed on him and i ended up going with chris Acido, who was like famously jay cutler's guy right and uh so jay cutler brought me in for the nationals and and finally i brought myself well i, I didn't bring myself he brought me in um you know at a level that was it was tight stayed full and 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 i was able to finally crush that overall in the big picture and i don't remember but i'm was the NPC nationals probably a better one to win than the usa is it not yeah, that, or is it everybody argues this oh do they yeah so yeah because anybody who wins the usa like nah dude usa is the usa right? right and and then but the nationals is like the east coast show okay and and uh i think i think historically the nationals was has been a, a bigger show obviously incredible i think you probably have more well i don't know if it's changed now but you know a number of years ago they would say you have more olympians that came out of the nationals That's what I was gonna ask. We're, we're, who came from where right more right so and whereas whereas the usa was uh you know newer and and not as prestigious maybe um but that was evolving you know i mean uh for me i was a west coast guy so the usa was you know right. you grow up going to that show every year in vegas and and like right. It's like I had been because I had I had trained with a bunch of teens when I was and Dennis I Newman, think Newman yeah. won the USA correct oh yeah yeah and and uh, yeah so ninety four yeah yeah and then and then came down with uh, leukemia yeah. after yeah yeah no this guy right I mean fuck yeah. this guy this, you know he he you know you speak of like deltoids right and legs <laughs> he had both he did and he was he was so giant as a teen. You oh, know, as yeah. a oh yeah, he won the Teen USA, Teen Cal, Teen oh, Orange County yeah. all in the same year, and they did a spread on him, painted as Superman, yeah, with the S on his chest yeah, yeah. and his pretty boy look, and he had glasses on his yeah, car. He was good looking was cat, and yeah, he was like the the, you know, his physique. Like I was like, man, this guy's going yeah straight to the top, yes. you know, and uh, it was, yeah, it was a terrible terrible uh, thing when he. When he come down, when he came down with leukemia. Yeah, I mean, you know, talk about honing someone to be the the leader of of the bodybuilding community, right? Yeah. I mean, he he was endorsed early, and oh yeah, 
had he was a great looking guy, you know, and um, physique was just. And when he brought it for the USA, I mean, there was no question about how good that guy was. Um, and in fact, I remember reading that he actually uh, he talks about. I think they were starting. There was like traces of of physiological stuff that began to happen right before he competed. That he's that he knew something was was wrong and then uh, and then and then right after the show is when that leukemia at least as i understand right kicked in and yeah yeah just shred him. so from then on he couldn't couldn't take all the same supplementation right that everyone else could and so even after he beat it and he tried to jump back in he just couldn't get back to his old his old form you know so from there <laughs> we're gonna jump backwards in a minute but yeah. for right now from there, you end up doing, you won, you won the nationals. You turn pro, yeah. And then, what I would consider placing well at the Ironman and the Arnold, you. So my first show as a pro was the New York Pro. Okay. And um, and uh, yeah, I showed up in New York, actually big as big as hell. I, I weighed in at like two. 250 or so but a, but a bigger than than like that usa 240 what are you walking at around this time like when off season yeah um you know close to 300 yeah. that 295 to 300 pounds at this point um yeah and and so I, I show up at the new york pro and i took sixth and top five was olympia qualifier <laughs> and i got beat by this kid Man, I, I forget his name, but he was the same kid that beat me in the in in the 04 USA. Okay. Right. And since then, I won the nationals, won the overall. Then I, we end up because he was an East Coast guy. In fact, right. he's like from Jersey or something. And uh, man, I was. There's no fucking way in hell this guy should have beat me at that show. I was I wasn't super shredded, but I was fucking big. Yeah. And I, I look good, man. And um, and so Jim Mannion pulls me to the side because he could sell, he could he could tell obviously I was not right. I wasn't a happy fella, and uh, and he pulls me aside and he goes, listen, he goes, you're on the East Coast, you know, he goes, I don't want you showing up the Olympia anyway, so don't let this bother you. This is you know just keep doing what he you're doing. He wanted a little more time for you. They did, I, and Jim, you know, like I wasn't smart enough to get the messaging right back then, like. He had been trying to tell you. Yes, he had been. <laughs> yeah. He had been, and uh, and then so from there, I actually went and did the Toronto Pro like two weeks later, and I looked absolutely terrible. Okay, it just all fell apart for me. Um, and he literally showed up. You know, he sees me like getting ready backstage. It's just the oddest things. You know, these little comments. He says to me, he looks at, he's looking at me. He's like, I shouldn't have let you compete this weekend. And I'm like, what? What the fuck is that about? Right? Like. And, and it's because I, he could, he, I was worn out. Like I, I needed some time to right. just get back, train hard for like a year or two, maybe mature, and then come in with my head right and and rested, right to 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 allow me to get, you know, to the higher ranks. Sure. But instead, I do exactly opposite of that. So as soon as I take sixth or, and, then, and then look terrible, at Toronto Pro, I'm like. And, and, and then I jumped right back in that next season to do the Ironman, the Arnold, the San Francisco. I think there were four shows that year. And uh, 
I ended up with pneumonia. And I didn't know that till like two shows in and I and I finally go to the doctor and was like, dude, you got pneumonia, right? And so that's why I couldn't get, because couldn't, my body just wouldn't shed water and things. And, and, uh, and I, I, I took last at the Arnold. Fucking last, bro. So, like, that's like 15th. Yeah. And I'm like, that's last of the qualifiers for the night show or what? No, the, the, so everybody qualifies. Everybody to to qualifies Arnold. for the night show at the Arnold. It's like at the Arnold. You got to qualify. It's, to an, be there. it's an invite. Got the it. whole the got whole it. group. You so only certain guys get to go. At least okay. how it was back then. Okay. And uh, which is an honor, sure. you know, um, from my from a, a namesake and popularity perspective, potential and physique perspective, yeah. I deserve the invite. But but I was I was I was too beat up. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have done that. And then me placing that bad became part of the catalyst of me retiring because right. I was just like who am I fucking kidding man you know like like and uh, and then combined with after I won the New York Pro um, I'm like alright this is going to be a great career right. so I better get ahead of this so I went to the cryobank to store some sperm and uh, literally I'm driving home with my wife in the car doctor calls me up and he's like hey bro um, there ain't nothing to freeze here, man. You're not, you're not, you're not producing any sperm. I'm like, oh my god. So, were, were you surprised? <laughs> well, I was, but I, well, dude, I was still young. I was like, you know, yeah. 28 years old, and and like, dude, I only started doing, you know, I didn't start uh, doing steroids until I would, till like 2002. Okay. Maybe 2001, right? But 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 I didn't start at like at 17. You know, I did. I, there was, relatively speaking, I was always the guy kind of holding back because I was right. winning shows anyway. Right. Right. And so, um, you know, it had only been, you know, five years or something, five six years of me doing this, and so for my body to react that way, and what I now understand differently is like some people just react that way right. some people when whenever you get elevated testosterone levels your your pituitary some people's pituitary goes cut off like no more testo natural testosterone production which then shuts off your sperm production but nonetheless so when that happened i'm like okay i gotta really think about what I, what what the future holds for me because i, I want to have kids and right. you know and so I, I literally took that year of kind of like praying on it and trying to get to an answer and then I end up, you know, competing so terribly in that next season that I'm like, this is God telling me I I just need to need to need to bail. Your so your last competition was the Arnold. It was the Arnold. Yeah. Was the Ironman the same season? Same year. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's two like seasons. Um, I was like I've been fortunate enough to go to the Ironman and the Arnold. I oh. fought twice oh, really? during the arnold classic in yeah. columbus oh that's awesome yeah it was awesome we we had the ohio state arena what year oh man i don't know 2005 probably four or five dude that, I, w I would have been there yeah you know um i'd have to look on my record who who i fought adam de sabato if you want to look at that pj um and uh so we got to go watch that was like right across the hall right right, right. and then at the iron man i went when i was a teen and it was man sean ray making his comeback after being out he got suspended or something wow. um jj marsh um 
like Lee LeBron and like all, all the you know back then it was Big all those guys. guys were there. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember the Vince something. Um, he, he he was phenomenal, and uh, I think he won the Arnold that year. But um, Kevin Lebrone, oh, um, Paul Dillett, like all these monsters, yeah. you know, back then, Flex Wheeler. Yeah. And uh, Flex is someone I'd like to just get your opinion on because physique-wise, he had the shape, like, better than anyone at the time. He was like, she was like Sean, no but question. a big guy. He was yeah. a tall Sean yeah. Ray. So what... What why? did he lack that yeah. wasn't that? Yeah, why he wasn't beating the his waist was this big? Yeah, the truth. Yeah, discipline as yeah, a laziest it. motherfucker. Like, you know, if you're a bodybuilder, you know, or a fan of you, you love Flex Wheeler, I right? Mean, you know, the guy, the guy had cartoon character shape. Yeah, just unreal, yeah. right? But the one one of the events that really struck me when I first went to Venice before I moved there, you know. It's Venice, yeah. right? And you're going in there and you're like, dude, you know, you, you're hoping to see these guys. Right. Well, I got to see him. And I got to see him train. And I'm like, I mean, he, I did I did more in the first 15 minutes of my workout than he did in his entire yeah. routine. So he's one of those physically gifted guys that didn't, didn't have gifted, the work ethic. Right. And and um, and that, that, for me, work ethic for me has always been a... Uh, um, something i elevate in someone's sure. personality you know and and laziness is something i kind of disgust right um that being said it doesn't matter he's still flex wheeler right right and uh he had every you know some of this is bad luck right i mean you fucking come in at the peak of your career against Dorian yates and right. then ronnie coleman like yeah. <laughs> that, that's a hard that's a hard couple guys to get over anyway but if but if he would have been disciplined to the level, um, and you don't need to like, if he would have been half of that of Dorian or or Ronnie, there's no one that would have touched that guy for ten years. Yeah, he was. It was unreal. You know, it was one of these weird guys though. You walk up to him in the gym when he's got his sweatshirt on, and you're like, this guy's not that big. Like, dude, man, like, I'm bigger than Flex Wheeler. And then he takes his shirt off, and you're like, With what the shape, f- huh? Yeah, dude, yeah. Better, better, like, even when you're standing there looking at him, all the shadows come into play, and, and, and it's like, dude, he just grew 25 pounds, yeah. and he just took his shirt off. Just amazing, you know? I remember seeing him for the first time, and I was like, wow, like, yeah, this guy's nuts. Round muscle bellies, like, everything was just, like, so yeah. shapely. I was like, holy yeah, smokes. Yeah, it's guy. like these guys that, because he wasn't a short guy, so I think he's, like, 5'10", probably, yeah. but but he had small joints, Yeah, right? So, like, even my structure, I'm not a really big structural guy, but, like, I'm big compared to him. Like, yeah. his wrist size, his elbow size his are waist. really small. Yeah, his yeah, waist. He's little. So, so then every, all these, it's like Dunlop. All yeah, of his. Bounced off yeah, of him. Yeah. You know, those muscle head cartoons where it literally wraps around. And uh, it was for real with that guy. Yeah, amazing. Did you see what, what year that was? 2006. Yeah. Shaolin. Riberio, yeah, well, that was 2006. So, so it was after that I fought again on the next one against Adam De Sabato. Um So it would have been after you, or were you there in 2006? Yeah, I was there. Oh, you that were? was it. Okay, so that was yeah. the Arnold 06, man. <laughs> that was my that was that was my uh, my last 
Hoorah. Well, since you didn't win that night, I also fractured my orbital bone, and oh, I did not win that really? night either. <laughs> Caprice, oh, <laughs> yeah, this you just guy. brought back all these nightmares, I, I PJ. Like, I'm in a nightmare tonight, man. This guy. No, I mean, it's like one of these guys. Like he was like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know the exact dimensions of this human being, right? And, and by the way, he's a nice guy, right? But like, I'm looking at him, like, dude, I'm five ten, five eleven, you know, and you know, two fifty, hard, and 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 this guy's like five. Five, and he's muscly as hell, really around, but but kind of like awkward. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy beating me twice, man? You know, <laughs> like this is this is bullshit, man. But um, yeah, you know, kudos to him. I think I think I don't even, I don't even know, but I think that New York Pro might have even been his last show. Really? Like he qualified Olympia, and then I never heard of him again. Like I, I and, and and I'm not. That's I'm if uh, if if he were to listen to this. That not, I'm not demeaning him by any means, you know, maybe he did compete and I didn't realize that or whatever, but, uh, you know, nice kid, but, but, um, but yeah, from my perspective, man, I, 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 I thought I should have beat him. him. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to qualify. I've got a few guys like that. I yeah. get it. I oh, get it. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's back up. Let's real quick back up to, uh, well, let's, let's just back up to the, the dark side of the sport. Let's yeah. go to the dark yeah, side of the it. sport for a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> Let, let, kind of start with when you got started with all that and then you know just kind of give me give me some of your you know the the, yeah. the rough secrets. stories that, yeah the, <laughs> the, the the secrets of you uh, know the bodybuilding world i did it for a little bit yeah. like i said as a teen yeah and and for from 17 to 19 almost 20 I was I was like you as far as I'm go 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 whatever yeah. it is I'm 100% in. Uh-huh. So I went short story, I was walking to a girl's house with an ounce of cocaine in my pocket and looked through the window of a 24-hour fitness back then it was called Family Fitness and I was looking at this kid lifting weights and he was ripped and he he walked over the door it was like a half door the top was open and he talked to me for like 3 minutes and he was shredded and uh walked away he wrestled in high school and i found out and i followed him you know later on and found him but he was only a year older than me but at the time i was on drugs i was looking at him like he was the superhero right and i got to the street and i threw an ounce of cocaine in the gutter down the down the drain and bought a membership at that gym the next day and started bodybuilding within within six months of being off of cocaine i was juicing Right, and I went from 120 pounds to 220 pounds in two years, <laughs> and I went back to the school. I'd already been out of school. I'd already dropped out of school, and I'd gone back to the school to see some of my friends. And I was passing people that I had no idea who I was that I knew pretty well, but they yeah, were just yeah. like, "What the hell?" Right, you know. So, but in that time, I saw like the amounts, the amounts of things. But I was also like I told you, there was crazy offers from people. Like it was just a. It was a dark sport, yeah, man, and a lot of people don't know, yeah. you know, how, how crazy it gets. And so any, any, yeah, man, I tell you, so on the, on the, on the drug end, um, you know, early years, like I was, I was just like, an, I'll back up like when I was in high school and we were all trying to get bigger to play football. Right. And, um, 
I remember actually as my stats as, de as a defensive end, I played on the strong side. A guy named Timosius played on the weak side. Timosius was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to remember his exact size, but called like 6'3 or 6'4, probably 220 or 230. Big, big dude, right? Um, but from a stats perspective, relatively sucked, right? Like, like I had more in individual individual plays, batted passes, uh, sacks, um, uh, individual tackles, um, um, you know, uh, interceptions, you know, everything, everything. He got a full ride to OU, ended up being, I think, a starting center. And I, I no one even cared about right. me, right? And, and I'm like, that's bullshit, yeah. right? <laughs> but I understand now, right? So um, one of my buddies in high school, who was in that race, all of us were, when I was a junior in high school, man, you know, I, and, and we're all, we're doing the weightlifting thing. We had a program for football that we were doing and, and we're all trying to get bigger without knowing how to do so. This guy comes, he shows me, he pulls out a syringe out of his, out of his pocket. And he's like, bro, this is what you got to get on. And, and this guy, I don't want to name him because, you know, it, I don't want to do that to him, but, but, but he was, uh, he was like, dude, this is what you got to do. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Like, you don't even know what that is. Right. It's just like some shit in a syringe that your buddy, you paid 35 <laughs> bucks for or something. And he's like, trust me. And sure enough, this dude was getting, it was working. Oh, I'm sure. And he got a full ride to, uh, as well. So um, that kind of attitude for me carried on for quite a while, right? I was just very, I was afraid to do it for various reasons. Um and, and I wanted to try to be smart about, well, once I understood, once I won Mr. Anchorage, I knew that I was going to be a professional bodybuilder, and I knew that that pathway was inevitable. But, you know, I was winning shows. So, you know, I, 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 after Mr. Anchorage, I, I, I won the heavyweight division, Mr. Alaska, then I, and I did the Emerald Cup, and then and, and, and it continued to roll on. But we finally got to that point. And um, I think there's... What's interesting about this subject is people, when they look at a Ronnie Coleman of the world or Jay Cullors or, I mean, any of those like top elite guys, the first thing they're going to say is like, dude, the amount of shit that those guys are on, it's probably just right. atrocious, right? Enough for, you know, support, support a herd of elephants, right? right? But the reality of it is, is the guys at, at that elite level, there's like this awesome combination of, of genetic disposition, how their body looks and, and is shaped combined with how they react to this stuff and so dude I, for me i would take like you know two tabs of d-ball a day and and i would turn into an animal right my bench comes up goes up like 70 pounds i start gaining all this weight i all of a sudden could eat and i, I always had a problem eating i could never eat in volume like a lot of my peers um and so when i got introduced to that uh i was always extremely conservative um and uh you know, I would go on to what would be equivalent today of like a normal TRT type of program, which would be like 250 milligrams a week, right? And I had phenomenal results, so my argument was like, why? I'm beating right. everybody. <clears throat> um, and then uh, the, the highest level that I got up to was 750 milligrams of testosterone a week. Whew. And um, relatively speaking, all my peers, the guys that you're in the gym, your buddies with and hanging out with, you know, they're all doing 1,500, 2,000, 2,500. I mean, levels that I'm just like, you're, first of all, where do you even put all that shit? Right. I don't even know where you inject it because I'm having trouble finding a place to put three shots sore. a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, 
but I had phenomenal results for it from it. Um, and then, you know, as we got older or, or more mature on that side of it and, and the chemistry became more, you know, complicated, you added, you know, um, growth hormone and IGF, um, you know, and then all the, the, on the dieting side, there's a, there's a few more elements, but from a milligram perspective, stayed in that, right in that range. And, um, you guys mess with clenbuterol at all? Or oh yeah, like, of course, okay. a shit ton of clen. I mean, like, you know, the, the, back then, like it was clen and, um, and ephedrine, yeah. right. And, and about, I don't know, five pots of coffee a day, yeah. you know, during, during that, that 12 week prep. And, you know, just doing anything could elevate your metabolism and get yeah. you to just burn, you know. Um, you know, and you just, just become, you know, adrenaline numb. Right. Right, because you're, you're, you're spitting out all the stimulant that really gets you to release, release adrenaline. Right. So I, I could drink a pot of coffee, take clenbuterol, pop an ephedrine, and go take a nap. <laughs> I mean, you know, you become like... You, almost like a like a <laughs> there's people that do cocaine like that yeah, yeah there are people that can do a line of cocaine and go lay down and take yeah, a nap yeah it's I like, mean what the heck and you know, like and, and that's the other thing I'll tell you as well is like you know these guys walking around you know when you look your absolute best you're you're absolutely not healthy I mean oh, you're, yeah. you know you're on you're 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 as close to death as you're closer to death than you might think short story I was lifting at metrics in Newport Beach yeah and Paul Dillett Dillett, Dillett, Dillett oh was in there doing a photo shoot he was doing cable crossovers and there wasn't weight on the things that wasn't showing it it was just showing him there wasn't weight and he was going yeah 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 to try and get it down and this is a 265 pound dude he's a monster and right I'm there. looking at him like what the heck but he couldn't walk to the bench to sit down between pictures. Yeah. And I was like, holy smokes. There was a weird backstory about Paul. Now, I, I, I met Paul a few times back early, early uh, before I moved to Venice. But I, what I didn't, a monster. I didn't know him. But as I understand, I guess Paul had a massive uh, or really, really bad asthma problem. Okay. So he, he was constantly like, if you ever talked to the guy, he'd be like, <gasps> you know, like, and people associate that because he's just so big and he's like super out of shape and like right. they beat him up about it but but apparently he had like just really bad lungs as well wow. and then you compound that with show prep you know and you know sometimes during that period when you're when you're really low carbon and you're driving you know, very similar to wrestling except you know pulling away for fights except for like um, the water, well, no, I mean, you even do that on the wrestling side because you got to pull your water as well. But, yeah. but you, we would, we would pull water for days. Longer. Yeah. Longer I mean, when I got ready for, sure. for nationals, for, you know, we, I stopped drinking water Wednesday night for the weekend for Saturday competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I would lay naked in front of the, the air conditioner. My room would be like, I don't know, 50 degrees. And I'm just I, cause you can't regulate body temperature. Yeah. You have no water in your system. So, but on to, to, Paul's defense, I don't wherever he was in his, you know, show prepper cycle combined with this like asthma thing. But but yeah, it's like show prep, everybody's a mess. Yeah. Just an it's funny because all the magazines will post all these beautiful meals and all these things and all these <laughs> yeah. preps how how healthy it's one of the most unhealthy sports oh, at terrible. the end of yeah. you know, as competition time that it can be. Yeah, you now know? you're close to death. Well, I mean there's yeah. been a lot of dudes die. Yeah. Um, in that either right before or right after 
you know, back then was I was a big fan of Mohammed Benaziza, oh, and yeah. and he was just a freak, man, was, with like dude. the most dense shredded. muscle, shredded, and he was short guy, you know, but just so yeah. I was like that guy, you know, he's yeah. awesome. It was like him, Munzer and Benaziza, like the first yeah. guys to have this like. If you remember, like the Dorian back when they could pull back yeah. this and have all the fingers Christmas coming, tree just yeah, Christmas tree, and, yeah. and and then and then the glutes with deep striations in yeah. it, yeah, different level. And then he died, and when he died, I was like, oh man, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. you know. And then just kind of slowly, someone here, someone there, and it was yeah. like, man, I was I was happy that uh, that I stopped at such an early age, and was able to, you know move on to to fighting but looking <laughs> at bodybuilders now like especially after my my covid incident with my lungs and my heart i look at them now i'm like god man stop just just eat clean stop yeah, lifting yeah. chill please yeah. you know like it scares the shit out of me so i'm just like man please um but you know for you you got to you know walking at as big as 320 pounds yep um what did that look like physically on you? Well, he, here's a, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story, man. When I was uh, like 18 years old, a guy named Ian Harrison, oh, old school, Ian. huge England? guy though, England, yeah. yeah, big, big, big. He was like real tall, so he was a really yeah, massive monster. guy. He was, uh, I think, he was at the Emerald Cup, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down, and Ian, Ian, I sat down with him and started talking with him, and he was like super open. He like pulled up a chair and had me sit beside him while he's signing pictures and stuff, and we're just chatting for like two hours. And I'm like talking about, I think I was talking about Nasser. Nasser guest posed at a show I was. And, and he goes, well, how, you know, how do you look? And I'm like, well, he had abs. And he goes, he goes, bro, at this level, you always have abs, yeah. right? And so that's, that's, that becomes. But sometimes they go like this and yeah, sometimes they go like, but like this. <laughs> any, any normal human being looks at that person and goes, man, that looks amazing. Even though they're fat as hell. Right. They just look, but they, yeah, they have abs because right. they're massive human beings, right? Um, so at 320, you know, I was a little cheesy, bro, yeah. you know, but, but, uh, big as fuck. Like, yeah. you know, like this is, this is when, you know, I'm squatting, you know, six plates for reps, front squatting six plates. Like I have this thing with Ronnie Coleman back in the day with he and I were at some event and, uh, somehow the front squat came up and I'm like, yeah, I front squat six plates. And he goes, no, you don't. And I'm like, no, bro like i'll show you a video i i, I front squat like i was i was very strong and uh, on on that particular movement and um yeah i mean you just when you get to that size dude like the strength really is kind of stupid you yeah. can go out in any parking lot and pretty much lift up yeah. any car you know you're, you're as, a, as a teenager when i was big i was 220 i got to 220 and uh i was lifting at, at powerhouse gym in huntington beach or goals fullerton but sometimes for the hell of it on chest day we would go to like family fitness 24 hours <laughs> and do bench and i'd walk in i'd one plate for 15 two plates for 12 three plates for eight four plates for four yeah you know at seven 18 years old yeah. four plates for four That's and people are and as soon as i take it off it goes yeah. and the bar bounces yeah. i and love that right sways a little bit <laughs> you let it settle and then i and then i'll hit it for four man and, and everyone just like stops what they're doing right. you know and it's like yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> oh. there's something about that man i just like that's that's the that's that's the the you know one of those pieces about bodybuilding and you know it's a very egocentric well that's what's going to carry us into yeah your your end yeah. of end of bodybuilding into carry MMA. into your mma yeah. um 
So let's go ahead and transition your your end of your bodybuilding to beginning training. Yeah. Um, how long was that that time span? One day. One day. So remember, I'm 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 taking that whole year, and I'm praying on this, and I and, I, and, and like literally, I'm asking the Lord to give me just help me. I don't know what to do because if I transition out of this, all my sponsorships going away, my money, my life changes. And uh, so I'm driving to the gym one day and, um, you know, it's not like I heard some audible voice come out of the air, but for whatever reason, I knew. And I've been telling you what to do for a year. You've been trying to figure out a way around it. And I said, all right, I'm not doing this. I'm not, you know, let your will be done, Lord. And, and, uh, and I called up my wife and I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm retiring today. I'm not going to the gym. And she's like, yeah, ha ha. See, you, I'll see you there, right? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm being truthful. Like, like this is, I'm, this is it. And I, I literally turned around, and I drove, uh, back. Uh, I was coming from Castaic. I, I turned around at Calgrove, which is where the gym was, and I drove back, and I got off at Rye Canyon Road, and I went to Big John McCarthy's Ultimate Training Academy. And he had been, I had seen a sign at the mall that was there with my, my wife, like. I don't know, two or three months before that, and had this big John, big big poster with John McCarthy there, and it was Big John's Ultimate Training Company. I'm like, oh, that's it, the UFC was already in the back of my mind and stuff anyway, because right. like I was a wrestler, and I'm, you see this, and you're like, dude, man, that's fucking cool, right. you know? But there's no, there's like, what am I going to do? Retire from bodybuilding, right? Well, here I was, I, so I literally drove there, and I didn't know anything about jiu-jitsu or nothing i walk in and the, you know i walk in the counter's there and john is standing at the counter and uh and uh he literally goes chris cook and i'm like you know who i am he's like fuck yeah bro <laughs> I, he's like what are you doing here i'm like i want to fight and he goes and he literally like looks what are, what are you size wise right now like three Oh, big. 15. Big, okay. Yeah, you know, I'm <laughs> between 315 and 320, something like that. And he literally looks over the counter, like, down to the ground and up, you know. He's like, uh, you know you're going to have to lose some weight, right? And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. I know, There's I not know. even a weight class for you. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, no, I, I know. I, I, I said, I, I just retired from bodybuilding. He's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. I said, it's on. He's like, all right. And within three months, within a, within six weeks, I had my I, I actually went to uh, Grappler's Quest, and did my and I took second in my first, uh, you know, it was beginner division, sure, no gi, um, and then it was within about ninety days or or shortly thereafter, I mean maybe a month or two, um, different than that, but what uh, Peterson, Brian Peterson, had come, and uh, he he was putting together a fight team. And I'm like, dude, I'm in. And so he held tryouts and all that stuff. And and uh, so I had wrestling. And, and I was just obviously the biggest guy there. Right. So, like, in the world of amateur MMA, that that, that does come at, a, at an advantage. Oh, 100%. And, and so it I could... It comes at an advantage in, in professional MMA as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you be, get good, I yeah. guess, you know. I mean, but, um, but so, then, so then I made the team. And then, you know, we just started training man how long did it take you to go from 320 pounds to a normal human size 
about to a be year. able to actually train. And, yeah, it took know. me about a year to get to 240. Okay. And I remember that specifically because um, I kept doing a, a lot of, I, I actually was competing a lot in local tournaments, anything, I, I just wanted to compete. And, and I was looking at it like time in the saddle, right? The more you do it. Um, and then I was battling mentally, I, 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 I battled um, nervousness with competing. And then I thought the only way to get over it is I just got to get, I got to get a hundred fights underneath my right. belt when I, and I was counting jujitsu matches as yeah. that, but you know, I just got to get used to this. Was there a, a hard, so when you were quitting bodybuilding, you know, mentally, you know, massive, right? Yeah, dude. So because it's a, it is an ego, hundred percent ego driven sport. Yeah, man. You know, it's centered around you. Yeah. And, and now you're not going to be that guy anymore. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. So like, you know, you get pretty used to when you walk into a restaurant and I'm just using that name, the place anywhere, anywhere. you can walk in anywhere. the gym. Yeah. And you're the fucking alpha dude by default. You could be a wuss. It doesn't matter because right. you look like a beast. And you know, like people say that stuff all the time. They reference all the time. They're like, damn man, I mess with that guy. And I'm like, now that I know I'm like, dude, it's the big guy you go after. Cause they <laughs> yeah. usually suck. Right. But like, um, mentally, you 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 go through this process and i think truthfully that's why mma became so attractive it's like okay i look like a bad motherfucker then now i'm gonna try to be one i better i better become one right yeah yeah you know and like i was always relatively good athletically my whole life anyway right so i knew that i could do this you know um, I just needed to figure it out and, and get there. And before Franklin time ran out, cause remember I'm 30 years old starting this. Right. And, uh, but yeah, there was, there was, um, and then the other key component was, so it's not like I transitioned to this and then could, could, could stay on steroids. Um, and so I came off of everything because the objective was to have kids, right? Cold, so cold Turkey that day. That was the end of it. Not another shot. Right. And it took about a year and literally almost literally to the, to the date of the year, like my wife ends up pregnant. And, and so it took that long for my body to kind of normalize, which was like up in the air. No, we didn't know if it would normalize. We right. didn't know how long it would take. And so I didn't even, I didn't even get the doctors involved or anything for the first year. Cause I'm thinking, you know, it's I got to give it minute. time anyway. Yeah. And then boom, she ends up pregnant. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm back. Sweet. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, but by then, by the time she's pregnant, so I'm, I'm, I've got, I probably have 10 tournaments, uh, you know, under my belt and, you know, and, and now training through this, this, this fight team. Right. Um, and, uh, and Brian, you know, his policy was you need 10 smokers, you know, before you're going to take any professional fights. And, uh, so that's, that was the, tr that was the track we were going down, man. Um, from a career perspective, I shifted at that same time when I, I got out of the bodybuilding, got out of the fitness industry and shifted over to the finance business. And I had this great opportunity to go to work for a buddy of mine who owned a, a big finance company. That and did well for you, right? Did very well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a whole nother kind of interesting story in itself. I mean, he basically said, look, I'm going to give you this job. I'm going to give you $50,000 a year, which, which at the time I was, I was, I was making pretty darn good money through bodybuilding. So they, it was like a joke. Right. I remember the first time I got paid my, my paycheck and I was, I was at work and like, I got my paste up and I called my wife. I'm like, Hey, I got paid today. <laughs> She's like, really? I'm like, yeah. 
you know how much I got paid? She's like, what? 1250 bucks, right? Because like, by the time they took out insurance, I did my 401k, you know, 50 grand, like I, I brought home 1250 bucks, right? It was a fucking joke. And I was like, I got paid $250 today. She's like, congratulations, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah. You got, you got a savings? Yeah, that's, I did. I ended up living out of my savings for, for probably about two years before things began to turn on. Um, well, I ended up making more money there than I, than I would have ever made in bodybuilding. Um, and, and simply as a, a function of you know, where that business was and its growth pattern, my timing coming in. Um, and um, the first guy to enter and the last one to leave it every day, like dedicate my life to it. And that was the deal that he made with me. He said, I'll hire you to do this, but you got to promise me that you're going you're gonna to treat this the same as you, as you treated bodybuilding and the other business ventures that you've done in your life. And I said, I'm in 100%. Way I know, right? That's it. <laughs> On or off, right? Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people, and we can go down that road later on with this drink business and, all, you know, there, there's a lot of shit you can work really, really hard at and still fail. Right. Right. So there's always a little bit of luck in there and, and circumstance and timing that goes into successes, you know. Um, but nonetheless, that's how we ended up there. And, uh, yeah. So then you're fighting. I'm fighting. Yeah. And so going to work at, you know, leaving the house at 430 in the morning, going and, you know, leaving and then staying at Guggenheim until, you know, I think, I think we started training, I think started training at 430 every day at, at when Peterson was running this. So I'd leave work at like 330 and uh, we'd show up. The first thing we do is a hard CrossFit. Then we had trained for two hours, you know, and each day was a little bit different. You had wrestling days, we had stand-up days, we had Muay Thai days, you know, um, and then we'd end on a CrossFit every day. So, you know, a month into this thing, dude, I'm fucking beast, yeah. like cardio for days. Ne I've never been that way. Right. Even even my wrestling days, I didn't, I never felt like I felt then. Like, you know, when you're in fight shape, I could grapple for hours, oh, yeah. you know, and, and it was just, it was such an awesome thing. Cause you know, when you, on our grappling days, we'd go and grapple with lots of, you know, all the other people grappling and dude, we would just run through people yeah. you know, just because you're in such good shape. Even if you weren't that great yet, which I wasn't that fantastic yet. I just had a good scramble and kind of wrestling style and, and go, know, go, go, stay on top. And that was the beauty. That was, that was, I think, we talked about this, and sorry, man, I'm transitioning here. No, but like, you know, the style of MMA or jiu-jitsu that I, that I have so heavily influenced by my start with jiu-jitsu was really an MMA style. Right. And so it was about the scramble, getting on top, and then just trying to plunge and pressure. Yeah. yeah. And then win the fight on top. Um, so if you, you know, looking at pure jiu-jitsu, like a truly good jiu-jitsu guy, like, which now what I've been faced with since coming here, right? Like, I'm not that great at it. I gotta, I gotta fix some very <laughs> fundamental good. problems, you know? <laughs> yeah. So um, that's been an interesting transition. But, but yeah, so I'm doing the fighting thing. And, and, um, and uh, you know, look, we're, we're doing fights every few weeks. And back then, there was no sanctioned uh, amateur fighting, MMA fighting in California. So everything was smokers you know private 
Um, even fights would get shut down occasionally if, oh, yeah. if they heard about these things and stuff. So uh, just to give you a, 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 an example and a funny story about it, um, one of the guys on the fight team was a guy named Vince Pichel. And Vince Pichel, if you look him up, UFC guy, he ended up going on Ultimate Fighter. And then um, I think he took like, he did pretty well. It took like, like I don't know, second or third or something. He, he did pretty well through it. He got hurt. Um, um, Ally Quinta, uh -huh. he was on that show with him. Okay. Uh, anyway, so he, he was a much younger kid than me. This kid was like 22 years old or something and, and just unorthodox, like kind of goofy style. Yeah. But because of that, it was like pretty good, man. He, he, would, he would sneak up on you with, with stuff. Anyway, we're at a smoker and uh, his guy, for whatever reason, couldn't fight. And so, you know, the guy gets on the microphone. He's like, you know, we had this guy, I think he was like 155 pounds no one to fight him does anybody want to fight him and so this kid raises his hands in the crowd and he's like i'll fight him so they're like all right and they literally take him back there tape his hands get him ready and he's gonna and no one knows who this guy is right like like nobody so vince they, they get this thing and this guy right like right when the bell rings just like throws a nasty overhand and like smacks vince and like Vince falls down like 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 oh shit Vince is gonna get knocked out by some fucking guy in the crowd right. right anyway he bounced back and he bludgeoned the kid pretty good right but man from then on every time I see Vince I'm like bro you always got your ass kicked you just said <laughs> nobody <laughs> I know, he didn't even know how to fight man and uh, but yeah it was it was a pretty cool little team that's the guys. thing on the feet man everyone's got a chance you could yes. be way better than the other guy I but if he lands he lands ever. you know dude I mean that's that's like. If, if if I'm getting on a, in a in a fight on the street, like that's like I'm very keenly aware yeah. that even some sucker can shut me off, and uh, I'm gonna what, make sure we don't. I, I'm not getting anywhere near that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's yeah. why I, I'm I'm very grateful that Lucas fights the way he fights. Oh, you yeah. know, I don't have to stand there and watch him in bloody wars every fight. You know, we know yeah. what the game plan is. The other guy knows what the game plan is. See if you can stop it. You know, yeah. but he's not gonna go out there and and fight like that just yeah. because why you know gosh what a what a uh what an awesome thing to watch is these guys you know like lucas that um that have fight iq yeah i never understood fight iq until um florian oh yeah kenny florian so i'm looking at this guy you know ultimate fighter and i'm like this fucking guy's like the most unassuming nerdy I think he human fought being. the ultimate fighter at 170 and he was a yeah. he was actually a 45 exactly. to 55 and then to 45 totally. but, yeah. but but what i learned you know you know watching this kid and come up man like he was the for whatever reason because of where i was in the generation i didn't really know mma like you did right i'm sure you were seeing this long before him but he was the first guy that i saw that was like just super high iq type of fighter yeah not really athletic Right. I mean, you're not going to look at the guy and go, right. you know, um, but so smart and understanding body positioning um, and even, you know, kind of two or three steps on ahead on where he knows that opponent is going. Right. Even even in the stand up game. I mean, like impressive guy. Right? Oh, yeah. Just like, man. Yeah. The fight IQ guys are they're my favorite, you know, yeah. 
like GSP. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. a guy with all the talent in the world and and a fight IQ. Yeah. You know, and the physique and the athleticism. You know, yeah. he has it all, and and that's how you know he's able to put it all together. So that they, those are definitely the guys. That yeah, I'm these guys like GSP fight. didn't even wrestle. I don't think in high school or anything no. did he? And then. Like he was one of the best wrestlers in in the fight game. Canada wanted him to try out for the Olympics. <laughs> right. He <laughs> yeah. should have. Yeah. Kendall Cross, our old wrestling coach, uh, beat his wrestling coach in the finals of the Olympics. Oh wow. Yeah. GS Asari. That was a that was a good one. Yeah. Five point throw right off the bat. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's that's amazing. So then you, how many fights did you end up having out there? So we we had about. Uh, 10 fights all in and that was over like a like a seven or eight year period for me and the problem became my guggenheim stuff started to ramp up so like maybe four or five years into it and and so the bottom line is the time began to, to crunch I, I couldn't train like a fighter one was making any money and one wasn't yeah, and I was getting older, right? Yeah. Like I'm the young, I'm the oldest on the team by ten years, you know, and um, but I still enjoy. I'm enjoying the process, and frankly, I'm still winning. Right. Right. So similar to this bodybuilding thing, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'm still winning, doing a good job, till I wasn't, and I, I we had this fight, another little smoker, and uh, this guy, uh, he was a young kid, man, and we came out. And, and you know, st you know, stood together for only a, a minute or two, and then we clinched, and then, and then I, I took him down, and I almost key-locked him. And he scrambled out of it, and just by the way he felt, I was like, all right, you know, like, I'm going to fuck this kid up, right? So, so I mistakenly just took this attitude of like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try some things and have a little bit of fun with this fight. <laughs> and so I threw this head kick. And it was just super lazy. I just like, just to snap his, instead of following through and taking his fucking head off, I just, and he caught my, he caught my, my, my leg on his shoulder, right? And so my leg's up there and I go to shove off. He throws an overhand right, hits me behind the ear. That was the last thing. <laughs> not a flash lock knockout, like, like, see you tomorrow. Like I was gone. I was out. And, um, and, uh, you know, you know how, I mean, I, I mean, presumably, you know, like, you know, I don't even know what happened, right? right? It took me, it took me like a few days to remember kind of a little bit like, oh, wait a minute. I think that's when I threw a head kick, you know, and, uh, and then, so my wife was there, baby in hand, and she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Like, you ain't doing this no more. This is stupid. Like, you're a 35 or 36 year old, whatever, you know. Like, this is dumb. You ain't going to be fighting Chuck Liddell. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, and I was like, all right, yeah, no, that's probably me getting smashed in the head, like, is not the, the smartest thing. And then from there, as I was training, I started becoming, instantly became more sensitive to uh, to getting hit in the head. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it would make me dizzy. And I'm like, fuck, dude, you know? And, um, so that was the last fight. And then, and then I'd still come in and train with the guys for a little while. And then, uh, I still do jujitsu tournaments. Um, but that was the last fight. I've some of the guys that have been knocked out like that multiple times, oh, yeah. you know, 
the repercussions that that has on you and the the follow through you know and and it is hard like on the wives right like oh yeah i was married when i knocked out antonio mckee and his wife went straight to the cage and was literally trying to get through the cage freaking out right. and my wife was watching that she didn't watch me fight ever again she would go to the fights and she would just look down with her head down and say tell me when it's over you know because it doesn't matter if you're the one doing it or you're the one getting it done that's a possibility every yeah. time you get in the cage yeah, that's a possibility reality. and and you know it's why it's uh everyone's i want to be a fighter i want to be a fighter you know and and it's it's not uh, it's not what it's cracked up to be. It's awesome. It's the greatest feeling ever well, when the, you're winning. Yeah, the high is high. Know? But I now have to sit there and watch my kid, knowing that every time he gets in there, that's a possibility, you know. And that's why I'm so th- thankful and grateful that he fights the way he does. Yeah, you know, still can be a possibility. Sure. But it's just you know, it's it it limits it a lot less than if you just go out there and see who's going to knock who out, you know, yeah. tonight. Yeah. And, and that's like. If you go out and fight like that, like like the majority of the people do now, you know, that's like going to a jiu-jitsu match and asking if you can start in 50-50 and say, okay, go. Right. You know, it's called 50-50 for a reason. There's a 50-50 <laughs> right. chance that you're going to get beat or I'm going to get beat. Right. And, and that's how the striking goes uh, a lot of the time, you know, unless you're just light years better than the guy and you're not getting touched. But, but it's uh, every fight, in my opinion, watching MMA now is – striker versus striker and someone will get a takedown to get the points in the round and the other guy fights for his life to get back up you know and there's no there's no uh not a lot of jujitsu unless it's like a strictly jujitsu guy you know a really you know jujitsu heavy guy mm-hmm. um otherwise that's what the fight looks like and yeah and everybody's fight looks the same yeah. you know they they're all doing the exact same thing yeah. and that's why i know this sounds crazy but i wish they would add knees to the head back on the ground because that as as you it know force a new dynamic it does yeah it would force jujitsu to be played right you wouldn't be able to sit in the shoot sprawl position you would have to sit to guard or finish your takedown you couldn't play the hand up hand down game you either have to get right. down or right. get up but you'd have you'd be forced to do jujitsu and i think that's the biggest problem because jujitsu is not exciting you know to the to the layman person right. the the, uh, the typical pay-per-viewer yeah yeah and so the no knees to the head actually forces you know more more action and and uh, i think not as pe- not as many people would get need in the head as people think they would sure. you know even the, the commission that, yeah. because they're not going to hang out in those positions they're right. forced to either play back or play forward right. but not hang out in those spots yeah. so it uh i ho- i doubt it'll happen but i you know hopefully one yeah, day dj's famous pride. last words before his knockout right yeah um but yeah no i agree with you and i there's um that this is a, this is an interesting debate because I th- in MMA in general there's like the, you know, the whole purpose of this style right relative to like boxing that we watched all these years and you know is are these elements right, right? Um, and as soon as you start you know going down this road of, of putting in the, the 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 limits it becomes very it becomes kind of a slippery slope because it, it really it's really not what it's intended to be right. anymore. And, um, so, uh, but you know, the big hurdle that you have is, you know, I mean, shoot, right. I mean, John McCain famously calling this cockfighting back in the day. And then, and then, and then finally folks beginning to get over that and and learning that is not, and there's actual, there's actual 
you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, uh, a lot to a, it. A, yeah, a, 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 a formal it. like style and objective, and 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 actually even more safety, right? I think from a, and if I'm if I understand this correctly, statistically speaking, there's there's a lot less people that die from MMA doing MMA than, than boxing? boxing. Oh right? yeah, and you know because of the, you know the the ten count rule and 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 then. This this you get punched in two places in boxing, right? Your body and your head, exactly. That's it. Over and over and over. There's right? not leg kicks. There's not takedowns. There's not all the other aspects of the fight. Right. You literally get punched in the head and yeah. some to the body for twelve rounds. Right. You know it's and you're and that's what your sparring's like. Yeah. Leading up to that, over and over and over again, so you're just constantly taking damage to to your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I used to work at Gold's Gym uh, in Lake Forest, California. Ken Norton owned it, mm. and he was a former professional boxer beat Ali mm. but you couldn't have a conversation with him oh, yeah. you know it yeah. was so hard to have a conversation with because he was so bad yeah. you know and, and his his words were slurred so bad and it was just like man you know like and here I I hadn't even I I think I had just started uh no I hadn't even started training yet uh huh. I, I was bodybuilding at the uh -huh. time and and you know end up going down that path of, of the fighter but I fought smart also, you know, I didn't take a ton of damage in, in all my fights just because it, uh, it didn't seem appealing to me. <laughs> right. Well, that was smart. I mean, it's interesting because mine, mine was the exact opposite. I don't, I don't even know why, but like, you know, we've talked about this before, like Vanderlei Silva for I, me was. I think it's because of the way you came into the sport from bodybuilding yeah. at, at the at the top of bodybuilding, right? You were, you were yeah, the next big, big thing. You were, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and you so came going in there and bludgeoning like, people. Oh. Right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and, I, it, it, and, and foolishly, and, and I think it did catch up to me. I think when I finally got knocked out formally in the, in the fight, um, you know, that was, that was not the only, not the only, you know, kind of like trauma that I had experienced. And it did accumulate quickly. And then thinking back, like I actually experienced in my, pre-bodybuilding world of wrestling and things like like i i, I was concussed multiple times back then yeah. and and um you know like i don't have a, a big issue like per se so i'm not i'm not someone who like that would be you know speaking on behalf of people who've experienced this so much but but i feel like there's there's various components of my thought processing even my speech and things that that have been affected by that um it's a real thing yeah right and um yeah i tell you that that's being in your position as a dad with yeah. a son doing this right like that that's a you know i mean my son plays soccer right? and i hate it when he headers the ball yeah. he's 12 i'm like i'm like dude don't just don't do it he's like <laughs> Do I have to head of the ball, right? And and I'm like, you know, wait till you're 14 at least, right? Yeah, and, so young. And I mean, it's it's uh, <clears throat> it's it, it, it's weird because you have people in the world that like, you know, the Tito Ortiz's of the world where they have a cranium the size of a <laughs> elephant, yeah. and and you know this guy, you know, he's he's taking a lot of hits on and and he's you know, I, I don't even know if he's ever been knocked out, Tito? right? Yeah, I know he's been finished, but I don't know Chuck, actually knocked out. I don't know if Chuck actually knocked him out, out or just TKO'd him, but yeah. he's but like he's a guy like that is like structurally built for that kind of thing for yeah, whatever reason. Sure, dude, I wear the same size cap my kids do. My head's small. It just, <laughs> it just it, which helped me in bodybuilding. Is why my shoulders looked wide, yeah. right? It's it a benefit in that sense. But 
but uh, but I can't I can't sustain real you know too much real direct hits yeah. like that man it, it if I, even if I'm training now right for, you know you get, you can accidentally catch an elbow or oh, something yeah. and oh, yeah. and like it, it'll rattle me I'm like you know make me a little dizzy it's 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 interesting so how long you been here at the gym I moved here I moved here in August of 2020 and I think I started training within two weeks yeah. of being here yeah. I remember you walked in here. And, uh, yeah, we, so do we, I, man. You guys had... beat the shit out of me. For like, <laughs> well, first we had a conversation. Like two weeks, man. <laughs> Not more than that. I mean, this like, I, I felt like I think the first year was just like a, just a, just a, like a bludgeon. It, so my gym, you know, it tends to be an eye opener for people that train just because we do nogi all the time yeah and we do nogi jujitsu all the time yes and it's not the same as wrestling or just like submission wrestling you know i i've got a strict curriculum of what i teach and and stick to the jujitsu principles but it's all nogi so it's very different the handles are different the grips are different and so when they come in like i've had black belts come in and train and sign up and ask for a purple belt no lie yeah. two of them see they're smarter than me and, and yeah you're a black belt yeah. though like they, they they weren't at the time and uh and so it's it's always interesting when new guys come in that are already at the level like you and yeah and you you know still would get beat at the beginning you know by a handful of guys every day every day every day <laughs> so yeah listen man so you know back up big john days fight team style of, of grappling is focused on that right right um you know john john and i had a had a big parting of ways in in, in 2000 and uh, i think it was 2013 i think and so that forced me away from the gym uh previous to that i virtually never trained with a gi on right and then i now i'm forced to go to these other facilities these other places and these guys, it's traditional BJJ, so it's... You'll barely it's get to train without it. <laughs> three to four days a week with the gi, one day a week, if you're lucky, without with a no-gi, right? Yeah. And so no-gi day, like, dude, I fuck everybody up. Yeah. And 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 uh, even though it's not MMA, it's it's still the same style for me. I'm big enough, strong enough, fast enough to where, like, I get away with everything. Not that I don't ever get caught, because I... You know occasionally would right? right but for the most part and that and that led to me getting my black belt really um, i mean and i think actually a no gi practitioner transitioning to the gi is way better off than a gi person transitioning to no gi in my opinion uh because you get to add to arsenal by going to a to a gi right you get handles and right you know all that you lose it all when you, you lose it all exactly right so um it worked out pretty well for me well you know, in that period of time, so call it from 2013, so like, you know, for like eight years or or seven years. Right. You know, you get to where you're thinking, you're pretty good. You know, I'm like, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty good <laughs> at this shit, man. You know, like, ain't nobody walking here and just fuck me up. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, and then, and then, and then I come here where, you know, and and I, I'm like, dude, finally a gym that dude does nothing but no gi. Like, dude, I'm in heaven. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is gonna be awesome. And I show up, and now all of those years 
where um, the details, the, 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 the fine points of my no-gi game that relied heavily on that MMA style um, where I could get away with something, get yourself in a bad position and punch your way out. Now doesn't apply at all and, and you're dealing with everyone who, who's really from a diesel, like a practitioner, like understands a high IQ Right. And now I'm just getting had. <laughs> the other thing, the other element too, is no other facility I've ever been to ever really played the 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 heel hook and and the late game. And so, I'll give you an example. I think the first month I was here, Tyler was because remember it was the summer. Yeah. Before yeah, he, he went off home. to college, and you're like, oh, there's my my son Tyler. I'm like, hey, Tyler, what's going on, man? Yeah, let's, oh, yeah, let's roll. <laughs> and now, like, he's like 18, right? I'm like, dude, he's 18. Hmm? I mean, I'm I'm not gonna just try to <laughs> bludgeon this kid. He's a monster. He, he like tapped me like I don't know six times in five minutes, right in a, in one round, and I'm like, <laughs> I am shit. <laughs> I am absolute like, and now I'm too embarrassed. I just need I, I just need to go to you and be like, bro, I submit my black belt. Give me whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> you know, I'm just too prideful to do that, and. um but yeah, that, that that's a that's a that's a rough view of my first year here. Yeah, I don't think you weren't a black belt. I think you just had a different game. Yeah, and, and that's what happens. You know, different people show up with a with a game that gets shut down pretty quick here, and you just you had to make some adjustments. And it, it, it I mean, I mean, I guess it took you a year, but yeah, it wasn't like it took you a whole year to get there. It was happening over that year. Yeah, it was, was getting better. I was and better certainly learning it learning quick. You know, I mean, like. Um, Yes, there's and and part of that is just just doing classes, right? And right. and watching the detail of your of of the structure of your jujitsu, and then it's it's you, ch you chip away at it, um, and um and look, it bothers me, man, to fucking get <laughs> submitted, bro. Like, I don't, I, you know, I'm not here to get my ass whipped every day. I want to win, right? You know, and and I know I'm not competing necessarily right now, but but I don't know about you, but when I when I'm driving to to train, my, my stomach's a little nervous. Yeah. Every day, <laughs> right? Because I'm like fucking. I'm still coming here to fight. I don't want to. I don't want to get my ass kicked. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a really actually awesome transition because now, um, I feel like my my mind is operating at a different level. Like there's there's a lot more thought. Everything like everything previously was um, someone say, okay, well, how do you do this movement? And I would have to stop and go, gosh, I got to really actually think about that. And I'd actually need someone to like, let's go through it because then I could think how I got there. Right. I would just do it through intuitive how, how things felt. I, I do that sometimes still. If someone has a question, I, I can't think of an answer. Put me on the ground. I'll show you the answer right. real quick. Right. But that transition, I think, from going from that, that's like athlete in, right. in me or you to the IQ, right. at, you know, practitioner, right? Where there are six sequential steps here, right? And, you know, you don't just figure them all out or do them naturally, all, all of them naturally, you know, right off the bat. You have to train it and practice it over and over and over. But that's the difference is now as I'm going through these movements, I'm, I'm thinking through, you know, those the small yeah. millimeter you know movements details, details details man yeah 
and and that's you know since you know, obviously we started doing privates just a couple of weeks ago yeah and it's changed everything i've already had two people confront me about your game changing yeah. in, in two yeah. weeks they're like wow yeah. i was like oh well um we yeah. did a private <laughs> I, I warned everybody i said i'm gonna start training chris man i'm gonna fuck y'all up <laughs> well we like the same position right like you go to that yeah. five and ten finger yeah, where yeah. i do yes. you know kimura's like same thing like i i noticed that the first day the first day when we first rolled yeah. right um why put you in the position that you put everybody in mm -hmm. and and you end up right. getting out a couple times i was like what the you know come yeah, on yeah and then we talked about it afterwards and I was like, well i mean yeah. i mean it and getting back to like size and strength right now I, I always tell everybody this like because because it's a bit of a misnomer right it's like oh don't use your strength don't use your strength. well strength is a strategy sure right i mean if you're smart enough to use it and like the advantage that if if because I know that position well, because that's my fucking position, right? right. That keeping that leg locked up and doing that, that <clears throat> grabbing that chin and, and manipulating, um, that one arm guillotine type. Um, well, I understand that cause I'm there all the time. And then you add, I mean, I, I'm two twenty five. you're, you know, one seventy, right. So, you know, 50 pounds is 50 pounds. Anyway, you cut it. Right. Right. So you take me with a dude who's two seventy five. Dude, like that hurts, man. Like <laughs> I'm not getting under that guy. It's the same thing. Yeah. Right. Probably actually more because on a percentage basis, it's bigger to you than that would be to me. Right. Right. Shoot. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> it yeah. Is. yeah. That's awesome. And then and then then you think that's bad. Then I'm going with Lucas when he's like, you know, <laughs> 160, and I'm and like, he's a savant. I you know it. It's hard. It's hard to describe these things without feeling it and seeing it. You know. Yeah. Like, I am not gonna get fucked up by a dude that's one sixty. Well, it's a kid. Well, <laughs> today you are. Yeah. He put me in. What? What did he put me in that day? Um, just like embarrassed me, bro. Like, what was it? Not the assassin. I'm, yeah. No, not the assassin, man. It was like one where he like. I don't even know what it's called, but I'm like upside down and contorted and he tapped me and I'm just like, I want to go home, man. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Can the bell ring early, please? Yeah. Like you don't have the cameras on, do you? <laughs> yeah. They're always rolling. Yeah. It's good stuff. Awesome. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's yeah, been phenomenal. Um, it's also super stoked here at my gym and training now and you've been a great addition. I couldn't be happier. Awesome. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, not only of you and what you've done, but what you're making out of people. It's Appreciate meaningful. It. You know, I'm a 45 year old dude, right? Like, you know, um, it's not typically the age you would think of in a, being in the middle of a growth curve right. in, in an, in an athletic sense. And I am, and that's, that's meaningful to me. It's awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It is all over. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs>